0: So, you want to save the planet.
1: In just a matter of months, more than 100 world leaders will gather in Glasgow, Scotland for COP26.
0: There, they will make some of the biggest decisions yet on how to tackle climate change and set out plans that'll change the way we all live our lives forever.
1: But that's the big picture. What can we do to help now? I'm Lewis Mickey.
0: And I'm Natalie Crawford Goodwin. And this is So You Want to Save the Planet. The planet and your holidays. Lewis, in our last episode, we were discussing the pandemic and the impact it's had on climate change. And I feel like this week it would be a really good idea to talk about one of the things that the pandemic has impacted the most, and that is travel and tourism.
1: Well, that makes sense because not many of us are going abroad now and a lot of us have turned to staycations instead. So that must be having an impact. Less planes in the sky must mean less CO2 getting pushed into the atmosphere.
0: Absolutely. You definitely think that would be the case. And speaking of staycations, have you managed to get away anywhere through this really weird time?
1: Throughout my busy schedule, <laughs> I have managed to get a... A short, it wasn't a whole week, a few days away to Loch Lomond in a lovely. lodge right off the loch. It was great. It was lovely weather. It was right when like, the Euros group stages were at their height. It was fantastic. And uh, I, I can get behind the, the staycations. I've booked another one. I'm going to go to somewhere locked hey I think um, after the COP conference actually because I thought that'd be a perfect time for a holiday.
0: Definitely well I went to York this year on a mini moon um, which was lovely. Have you ever been to York?
1: I haven't no oh. I am not probably as well travelled as a lot of other people <laughs> even like within the UK how many times have even been to England? I've been to London and then Other than that, maybe like to Manchester to go to the airport. I haven't been well travelled within the UK.
0: Well, I was the same and I had never been to York either. But everybody that I said before I went, Oh, I'm going to York, was like, Oh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And you know what? They were absolutely right. It was gorgeous. So if you're looking for a staycation, then I would highly recommend York. And I've had the same idea as you, but actually in reverse. So I'm going to stay in a lodge in Pitlochray before COP26 so that I can be fully recharged and refreshed ahead of going into what I'm sure is going to be a really, really busy time for journalists all over the world. But you might be really interested to hear that actually the biggest threat to our natural habitat and the climate from tourism is actually us the tourists. So although the planes and the sky pump out loads of CO2, when we are travelling and going on these staycations, actually that almost has as much of an impact on the climate as the planes and the sky. Something that senior lecturer Sandro Carsonelli at UWS told me all about.
2: I think there is been a shift in recent years from being tourist focused into a viewer or more people who are welcoming the tourists. So, not only the tourist behavior, but more recently we see more research looking into the impact of the tourism in the community, the rights of the community, control of the community about welcoming all these tourists. A lot of these came more recently because of the issues with over tourism. So, places like Barcelona or Venice or Rome or Eye of Sky have been suffering with a higher volume of tourists that they can cope in many times. In that sense, the, the research has been shifting into focusing on the community and the capacity of the environment to absorb those anthropogenic impact. Some of the work that we've done recently, for example, is talking about shifting economies. So locations that have relied highly into the economics of tourism trying to diversify their economy so they don't depend on that. And that was something that the COVID pandemic taught us about, is like if you rely on one type of economy and that economy stops, then you're going to have problems.
0: How do you see the tourism industry changing and adapting to that?
2: So there's two things. There's one, there's lots of initiatives that are, you know, so um, you see the Glasgow Convention Bureau being the first convention bureau to declare a climate emergency. You know, there's a lot of tourism organizations working with climate emergency to try to achieve carbon neutrality. So that's one side of the spectrum, let's say. Now, the second thing is behavior of the tourist In terms of the pandemic itself has taught people that actually there's a lot of things around us that are great to enjoy. You know, my students here they discovered the national parks, they discovered Glasgow, they discovered Edinburgh, and that is probably shifting a little bit the necessity that many young people had to travel overseas two, three, four, five times a year. So we will see a shift on that in terms of, of enjoying more our own country and our own space. And and the final one is the whole concept of degrowth. That word degrowth that scares a lot of people. Because it means that when we travel, we use natural resources. But these natural resources are not infinite. They end. And the concept of the growth is if we grow continuously, we're going to use all the natural resources. The idea of the growth is, okay, actually, we need to reduce the amount of travel we do. We need to reduce the amount of natural resources we use so we can survive in the world where the natural resources are finite. So I think these are the three spectrums, the industry itself, declaring an emergency and trying to be neutral. The behavior of tourists that will hopefully reduce the necessity of international travel, but other types of behavior. People travel overseas, you see always an increase in, in fast fashion. So that means people that buy clothes that they use for the holidays and then they throw away, that fast fashion has a huge impact on the environment. The accommodation sector and the hospitality sector has a huge impact on the environment as well. People, when they travel, they use those services more. And then on the other side is for us to develop an environmental consciousness that actually we need to reduce our consumption so we can be sustainable in the world. Because the amount of resources we use just now is more than the natural world can produce.
0: Arguably, the tourism sector has been one of the hardest hit. And while we've seen a climate benefits of the pandemic and the lack of travel, could that be undone in the coming months and years as people are kind of desperate to get back out there again?
2: I think that's a possibility. I think there is all this energy and desire to travel that has been restraining people, and people are just you know holding that those energies and those emotions to about to explode to just go. On the other side yes, there is a potential growth on tours that we will see, but we also hopefully see destinations better prepared to deal with that. For example, some changes already in Venice. Cruise ship is one of the worst parts of our industry, we can say in terms of uh, environmental impact and economic impact and social impact. Because if you think about the cruise ships, they not only have a huge environmental impact, but a lot of the people who are inside those ships, they would have a minimal contribution to the local economy because they have everything included inside the cruise there's a lot of changes in terms of the destinations and and some of the key destinations in trying to diversify that economy plus put into place some policies that will kind of protect the local community and the resistance you may remember you saw protests against tourists in barcelona you saw protests against tourism in venice And policymakers are aware of that and hopefully have used the pandemic as a way to rethink their destination for tourists and as so contribute to achieving an environmental-friendly type of tourism.
1: So, you want to save the planet? Right, so in a nutshell then, if the tourism industry is going to become more climate-friendly, then it's up to us as tourists to make
0: the change? Exactly. The whole point that Sandro was making there is that we need to adjust our attitudes as tourists and be more mindful of how and where we travel and our behaviour when we get there, rather than relying on the tourism sector to make those decisions for us.
1: It can't be all up to us, though. Surely the businesses in this space need to do some of the heavy lifting.
0: And they already are. In fact, I sat down with Janie, who is Visit Scotland's lead on sustainability, to find out how the sector is adapting and about the rise in demand for more eco-friendly holidays.
3: Sustainable tourism is really about making sure that when we go on holiday and how we do it, that we're maximising the positive impact that our holidays have on the communities that we visit, on the environment. And obviously, you know, yes, economically, it's especially in Scotland and some rural areas, Tourism has a lot of lot to contribute, but it needs to be more about more than just the pounds that come in. It's really to make sure that you know the communities are supported and feel positive about it. And also that the customer has a fabulous experience and that we protect and um, everything we cherish in the destination, whether that's our landscapes or our cultural heritage. So and really looking at the role that everybody has to play. So that's tourism businesses as well as the visitors who come and local authorities and organizations like ourselves. We all have our own responsibility to take to really look at those environmental, social, and economic impacts of tourism and maximize the positive ones. There's definitely an overall growing awareness in people on the necessity to, to do something. You know, there's climate change is constantly in the news impacts of plastic waste and various things. So I think overall, the consumer's consciousness has grown. That does translate into the traveling aspect. And we found that, especially during the pandemic and people staying home, but there's an increased awareness of how people, how places have maybe changed and that visitors want what we term a more transformational experience rather than just the transactional going on holiday, they want to experience new and different things and, and kind of want to get involved a bit more in the destinations. I do also think realistically, sometimes it's hard for visitors to say, well, what does that sustainable holiday look like? Like, what do I actually have to do on the ground? And sometimes when you're on holiday, that's not really what you want to think about. <laughs> so you really want the businesses that you're visiting and the hotels that you're staying in or accommodation to almost take care of part of that for you. There is definitely an increasing awareness that does increasingly translate into demand. And I think there's a reputational risk for businesses that don't do anything because there is that expectation that everybody will increasingly do their part to kind of help address some of these big issues.
0: So what are businesses in Scotland doing already to become more sustainable and climate friendly and how do you see that taking shape over the next five to kind of long-term future years?
3: In Scotland, and the business community, I think in general has been relatively aware and increasingly so over the last five, um, six years of their role and and how they can become more sustainable. Obviously, some of these aspects like saving energy to reduce your carbon emissions and saving water also help the business because it, it makes them more efficient. So there's probably been a lot of focus on that, installing renewable energy, solar panels and heat pumps, various behind the scenes things that maybe a visitor doesn't really notice so much, how the recycling happens and how they deal with their waste. We're also in Scotland, we have a sustainable tourism certification program called Green Tourism, which is really great if visitors want to find those green businesses and kind of make that conscious choice for businesses that have taken action and have really put themselves out there to be certified so there's over 800 businesses and there's definitely an ambition to grow that number to make it ever easier for the visitor to kind of choose the green business and have that experience. Interestingly a lot of our five-star top businesses like Glen Eagles or the Fairmont are all gold green tourism businesses so these can be luxury green experiences so there's no holding back on having that fabulous (laughs) holiday just it can also be green For example, in the East Campus cottages near Loch Lomond, they were early adopters of EV charge points and they've seen an increase in visitors who um, have electric vehicles. But also working out with our public transport partners, is there an opportunity to relax on the train or the bus and the ferries? We have a great network across the country to kind of see Scotland and reduce our carbon emissions that way.
0: Obviously, the tourism industry has been really, really hard hit by the pandemic. Have you seen any reluctance from businesses to move towards more sustainable options, particularly against the backdrop of the really hard two years that we've just had? Because obviously, all these things do cost money. Do you think the pandemic's maybe hindered efforts for the industry to move to more sustainable options?
3: As you said, I think the pandemic has been an incredibly challenging time for the tourism industry. And very much the focus for many at the moment is running their business, just opening up, finding the staff to be able to run their business and and focus on survival and coming back to some level footing. As part of this recovery process, I think it's a really important time to address the sustainability. So to allow in that building back, being there for industry and supporting them in that recovery, they can consider the sustainability element. And the Scottish government has made a funding pot available so we can support businesses on their journey to net zero. And it will be a step-by-step approach. I mean, we do need to take action at pace. And we really have 10 years to make a big difference. But we will be there to support industry, to kind of meet them where they're at and take it step-by-step. I think there's a really good opportunity to build that in now. So you want to save the planet?
1: That all sounds good in practice, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot of hard work for the businesses.
0: I think it is and it isn't. There are some small changes that businesses are able to make. Now, if you think about all the things we spoke about in our home episode, being more mindful of your recycling, cutting down on your plastic waste, even, you know, the likes of hotels and lodges, if they make more sustainable choices in terms of like the cleaning products that they use and the the systems that they use to clean their bedding and their towels and things like that those small changes would all build up as well.
1: And I suppose when we talk about the onus being on us as tourists that then comes down to picking the right companies to support I guess you know because companies if they can just get away with being not very eco-friendly will do if they're making money, I suppose. So we need to make those right choices.
0: Exactly. that, And I think that is the point that Sandra was trying to make. It's up to us as tourists to look for businesses that are making more climate friendly and sustainable options and making it clear as consumers that that is what we want from our tourism and travel providers if we are looking to book with people that are making efforts to be greener and change their business outlook then more and more businesses are gonna they're gonna have to make that shift and they're thinking towards more greener and climate friendly options because that's where the demand is
1: Yeah, I think you took it right off my lips there. Supply and demand. You know, if these companies see that this is what people want, then they're going to follow the money in that sense. So it's making a little bit more sense now that we're hearing how we do that though it's great to hear from these experts on that
0: absolutely and one tourism business that is already making these strides towards becoming more sustainable and more climate friendly is arcadian wildlife who are based in Orkney. i spoke to their owner steve about the changes he's been making to their business to make it more climate friendly
4: Many, many years ago, I used to work for the RSPB in Scotland, and I went across to New Zealand to study ecotourism. And I remember I spoke to one of the Hyahegans in the New Zealand Tourist Board, and he said to me, there's nothing sustainable about putting folk into aluminium cans and flying them halfway across the world. And that always stuck with me. And we face the similar problem, the same problem in Orkney, obviously on a different scale, because most folk are coming to Orkney from England and or Scotland. And so, you know, we face the same issue, but on a slightly different scale. You know, as the climate change imperative has worsened, then I felt it was time for me to look at my business and do what I could to try and make the business carbon neutral or as best I could. I mean, one of the first things we did very many years ago was to install two small wind turbines at home because we run a small farm. Now, that doesn't sound very much, but over the last 10 years, they've actually generated about 300,000 kilowatt hours of renewable energy, which has gone straight into the grid. So we know that all our energy that we use at home is from a renewable source. And we also provided around about the same time an electric car charger for the use of our guests in the self catering property. And we also run electric vehicles as well. In the last couple of years, we've upped our game considerably and we've done things like planted 4,000 trees at home. And we've made uh, clients or our guests aware of their carbon footprint when they arrive here. And uh, we express that in the contract and they're able to offset that with us if they want. Typically... Someone flying here from London would expend about 0.75 tonnes of carbon dioxide on a return trip.
0: Have you found over the years that there's a growing demand for businesses like you that do offset your carbon footprint? Do you think that the call for more green tourism, is that growing? Is that what tourists want now?
4: And My view is that every business, it doesn't really matter how big or how small, should as a matter of principle be looking at the impact of their business on the environment and in particular nowadays on carbon emissions but at the moment businesses have to do that not so much by law but out of good practice notwithstanding our initiatives i would like to see all tourism businesses have to produce a carbon plan i would like to see all business pool stock produce a carbon plan. And I actually think that will happen in legislation in due course because the situation is serious and getting worse by the year. But, you know, business are getting there slowly but surely. I mean, it helps enormously having these initiatives from a marketing point of view because customers, tourists are looking for these initiatives, especially continental ones, by the way. If ever we get folk from Germany in particular, Scandinavia in particular, They are coming to us because of our environmental initiatives. And that will spread to the English and the Scots as well over time, I'm sure. It needs to be a combination of individual businesses taking the initiative, finally realising that, hey, unless we all do something about the climate crisis, then we're in deep trouble. And And I think that will follow soon.
0: So what would you say to other tourism businesses that are maybe a wee bit hesitant or aren't sure where to start in terms of producing a green plan or a climate plan?
4: It's not actually rocket science, and it doesn't take long. I mean, all the resources nowadays are online. You can go online to calculate what a particular flight does. If you're going from London to, say, Kirkwall or London to Inverness, how much does that flight expend in CO2? You know, how many trees do you need to plant to offset that? You can find that out really easily.
0: And what about the tourists then? What would you say to people to encourage them to visit more sustainable places when they're looking to book their holidays?
4: I think it's happening naturally. I've been doing this job now for the best part of 20 years. 20 years ago, it was extremely unusual for someone to be talking about climate change and the environment. Nowadays, it's on everybody's lips, and so it should be. So I think it's actually happening anyway. And, you know, my business is kind of top end of the market. And so anybody who visits Orkney needs to have the money to get here. It's a top end destination, if you know what I mean, in the year 2021, as opposed to uh, 2004 when we started climate change, climate crisis, environmental initiatives everybody knows about so we all need the business end to encourage people to be more aware and and everybody in my opinion should be doing that these days
1: so you want to save the planet right so natalie now i want to ask you how are you going to change in terms of your holidays in the future so that they can be more climate friendly if the onus is as we've been saying on us as tourists
0: I think in a couple of ways. So myself and my husband are more of a fan of a staycation. We really like a camping trip. We really like going to a lodge and exploring parts of Scotland. And I think one of the things that we'll do is maybe be a bit more mindful of how we get there. We're quite guilty of just throwing everything in the car and driving. But I think maybe in future, we would look to more sustainable sources of transport, maybe look at where the train lines have been electrified, for example, and maybe see where we could possibly get the train to. Even getting on a bus would be slightly more carbon-friendly than jumping in the car and again looking for the businesses like Arcadian Wildlife that are making more sustainable choices in how they take their business forward, making sure that we're booking with places that have green plans in place and being more aware of our surroundings and what we do when we get there as well, making sure that we're not leaving anything behind, making sure that we're not littering and maybe even when we get to these lovely natural wildlife spots like what Sandra was talking about doing our bit picking up a bit of litter when we get there doesn't take us any more time if we see anything lying about and just making sure that we're really taking care of these lovely places that we travel to
1: yeah one thing i've had drilled into me my girlfriend does not let me buy any of those little travel size shampoos and, and shower gels and things like that like she's got all these reusable containers and we always use those so that's i suppose one thing i already do but one thing i suppose for a staycation even if you're taking the car to get there initially there might be the chance of whilst you're there, think about bikes or think about walking places or if there is a train line or a bus. And I think that makes it a little bit more interesting as well. You get out of that, it's your car and you're kind of used to it and you you do something different when you're on holiday. So that's certainly something I'll look to do, you know, try to make my travel, at least whilst there, a little bit more climate friendly as well. And then I don't think I ever would have been that person that goes on the, the West Highland Way and, and leaves a heap of rubbish. Yep. But we do need to do our part where if you went on the West Highland Way and you saw someone else, maybe leave some rubbish. If they're still there, maybe, you know, you want to challenge them about it. Or if not, maybe you just go, right, I'll clean it up. Because if I don't do it, then who is? And uh, that's maybe an important motto to remember with these things is if I'm not going to do it, then then who will?
0: you brought up a really good point there in regards to making sure that you take reusable containers and things like that on holiday because you do not realise how much plastic waste actually comes with going on holiday, particularly if you're going abroad, if you think about the Bottles and bottles of sun cream, shampoo and conditioner and after sun and insect repellent that we're all guilty of throwing in our suitcases and taking away with us. Where does that plastic waste go? We don't know. So it's better in the future to be looking at more reusable options and, you know, filling up reusable bottles and things like that when we're going away on holiday.
1: Yeah, and as we learned from the cleaning episode, I wonder how many unnecessary chemicals or water is in all those things as well. So even more reason to try and use a reusable one.
0: Absolutely. So, Lewis, what can we expect from episode five?
1: Well, next week, we're going to be looking at your plate because we all kind of heard the term flexitarian, for example, and we know mm-hmm. that there are choices we can make with our diets to try and be a little bit more climate friendly. But when you delve into it, there's actually a lot more to it, as seems to happen with a lot of these issues, I suppose. So we're going to be speaking to, as we always do, the experts and getting the real nitty gritty of it and finding out what actually makes a difference to the climate if you're eating meat. And then the alternatives as well. There's some pretty interesting ones, plenty of ones that you'll know about before, but we'll learn about how they're improving, but then also some uh, a little bit more out there ideas as well. So there's a lot to look at next week because, I mean... I love food and I'm sure many of our (laughs) listeners do. So you want to be really thinking about those choices when you're looking to be more climate friendly, but you want to make sure you still enjoy your food and you're getting the nutrition from it. Otherwise, what's the point?
0: Excellent. Well, I am thoroughly looking forward to coming on that journey with you. I hope our listeners are too. And we will see you next week on So You Want to Save the Planet. The planet and your holidays.